welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome back in the hot seat one more time. It's Nicole Newless. Nicole, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, It is 2021, and that in and of itself makes this great. (laughs) It feels like yesterday when we taped the episode Geek Bowl Week, the Beat My Other Guest episode. Right before Geek Bowl, and therefore right before the plague. Yeah, right before everything in the world shut down <laughs> for a good year plus. Uh, but no, you know, it's 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 a new dawn. It's a new day. Uh, my son has started driving. <sighs> That's scary. <laughs> yeah, you know, the world, cats and dogs playing together. It's 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 it, it's anarchy. <laughs> I'm actually meeting my best friend for dinner tonight for the first time in I don't know how long, since the before times. You rapscallion. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you know, and, and normally at this point, I, I would ask the question. I'm going to try and get back into a little sense of normalcy and asking the question. So, Nicole, you know, some people may not have ever heard you before. Who are you? And what do you do? <laughs> Well, my name is Nicole Newlist. I live in Chicago, Illinois. I write about horse racing, which is a very niche sport, but it's my favorite, and I love it. And yeah, so that is what I do. I spend a lot of time hunched over a computer on days when there aren't horse races, and when there are, I'm out at Arlington or Hawthorne, depending on whichever track is running thoroughbreds, and I'm watching them run, and it's delightful. So happy to uh, have people getting back to what they do on a regular yes. basis. It's, it, the, the joy that everybody I've been talking to is just like, like, yes, yes, I get to go back and do the things. I mean, maybe, maybe not I was enjoying so an lucky. office environment, but yeah. I was so lucky because since horse racing is... An outdoor sport. Listen to me, Ontario Provincial Government. Outdoor sport. Anyway, (laughs) since it's an outdoor sport, we actually started back up in July of last year. So there hasn't been a whole lot of normalcy for me outside of work, but at least with work, most of the time, except for the dead of winter, I've at least been able to work outside the house a couple days a week because what I do can't be done away from the track. So it feels weird to say I was a little grateful to be an essential worker, but I am because I'm not one who really likes to stay home all the time. I get real stir crazy and working outside the house really did help. Hopefully more and more people as time ticks on here will be able to to that sense of normalcy that that going back to what they used to do kind of like what i'm doing here is getting back to beat my guest i took my little break i took my sabbatical i am happy to be back hosting i hope you're happy to be back in the hot seat and even though if you say it now i hope at the end of the episode you'll still be happy to have been back in the hot seat i've been in the hot seat enough times and even though it keeps burning i keep coming back so (laughs) i'm always happy to be in the hot seat excellent well nicole 
Uh, it is season eight of Beat My Guest. We've got a brand new season. And so, as always, we've got a little bit of a brand new way of playing the game. You will be introduced to the game as we go, as will all of our listeners. And thank you for listening and coming back, folks. Uh, we're going to kick things off with round one. It's a new game called Beat My Rank. Here is how it works. Nicole, I'm going to give you three lists of five items. And these lists will be presented to you in alphabetical order, so don't try and worry about any game theory. It is not going to help you. After I give you each list of five items, I will ask you one quantitative question about these items. Your job, very simple, is to pick the answer from the list that you think best answers the question asked to you. Get it right, and you will get five points. If you pick the answer that comes in second place, you'll get three points, two points for third, one point for fourth, and new point! If you pick the last place in that category, you kind of understand what I'm going for here? I kind of understand. I think it will make more sense once you give me lists and questions. Absolutely. But, but I, I, I do it. understand what Neil Point is. I'm very familiar with Neil Point. So here are your first five items. Daniel Negranu. Oh, I'm already on it. I know exactly who Daniel Negranu is. Uh, Doyle Brunson. I may or may not have several of his books at home. Johnny Moss, mm-hmm. Min Win, M-A-N-N-G-U-Y-E-N, for those playing along at home, and Mike Metasau. Poker, poker, it's all skill. You start with the worst hand and go uphill. Uh, at least we don't have to explain who these people are to you. Um, <laughs> that means, thank goodness, this randomly chosen set fell to you because I had a feeling that someone was going to have rolling eyes at me like, who are these people? Alright, so those are your five. Daniel Negreanu, Doyle Brunson, Johnny Moss, Minwin, Mike Matisau. Your quantitative question. Tell me which one of these five has won the most bracelets at the World Series of Poker. I had a funny feeling this was going to be the question as soon as you said the name Daniel Negreanu. <laughs> and unfortunately, it has been been a while since I've looked at a list of World Series of Poker bracelets. I know Johnny Moss is back in the day. Doyle Brunson started back in the day and was playing for a real long time. Um, Daniel Negranu and Mike Matisau were both very... I mean, they started before the poker boom, but they were very in full swing during the poker boom. Menwin was playing during the poker boom, too, but I think also played quite a bit before that. Most bracelets of these five... I know Daniel, Daniel Negreanu's run, won quite a few. I mean, they've all won. They've all won bracelets. What am I talking about? I feel... I feel like it's a coin flip for me between Daniel Negreanu and Men Win, and I'm going to go with Daniel Negreanu. I have no thunder, but that's where I'm feeling pulled, so I'm going to stay there. Okay, very good. Now, point out to my listeners here that we're talking about only the players on this list. I believe Phil Helmuth has the most bracelets of all time. With yes, 15. if he were on the list, that would have made it easier. <laughs> So, uh, well, kudos for knowing that, that, you know, that, that might make it too easy for someone who knows the subject, so that's why. No, it, it's true. Giving me the poker brat would have made it too easy. <laughs> so you said, Daniel Negreanu, the five-point answer and most on this list with ten career bracelets is Old Doyle Brunson. Old oh. Doyle Brunson would have been worth five. For three points with nine bracelets... Johnny Moss. 
Oh, should have gone old school. Yeah, a little less challenging, smaller fields maybe. That could be what tips it over. Although there's more tournaments now with the, you know, all the different types of possible bracelets you got there's going more on. There's tournaments, but there were still quite a few tournaments back then. And you're right, the fields were a lot smaller. I didn't even think about that when I was thinking through it, but it's true. For two points with seven bracelets, that would be Min Win. Uh-oh. <laughs> so will you get points is the question here. Will you get points? Six bracelets. It is Daniel Negreanu. You do get a point. You are on the board. Well Yay, done. Yay, point! And Mike Matisau would have been worth zero points. Four bracelets amongst the leaders overall. But fifth on this list, still not worth anything. <laughs> you get the point. I hate that I was talking like I was talking about how long Doyle Brunson played and didn't go with him. I just didn't remember him winning as many bracelets, but yeah, that that makes sense. I'm kicking myself. It wouldn't be beat my guest if you did not make me kick myself several times. That's just <laughs> how it works here. It, it, it is how it works here. Again, like, uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to play. We're trying something new. And, uh, you know, I think my goal was to try to make each one of these something that makes you think. So <laughs> this is a list I've looked at. It's just not a list I've looked at in like probably five years. <laughs> we still got two more of these beat my ranks. So here is your second set of five answers. We have Jaws. We have Paddington 2. We have Parasite. We have Singing in the Rain. And we have the Maltese Falcon. Jaws, Paddington 2, Parasite, Singing in the Rain, and the Maltese Falcon. Are you ready for your quantitative question? Um, this is a movie question, so probably not, but I have no choice, so... Yes, please. According to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, they have ranked the top films of all time according to their own formulae, which involves critics and their positive or negative reviews, plus fans and their positive and negative reviews, and they put them all together and adjusted it over time from whatever formula they do. They've got a list of the top movies of all time. Which one of these five films is worst ranked on their list worst ranked okay so i at least have one that i can scratch out because i remember seeing something just that someone posted to a thread on facebook somewhere within the last week or two about paddington 2 being absurdly highly rated on rotten tomatoes so i know it ain't that between Jaws, Parasites, Singing in the Rain, and Maltese Falcon, it's gonna be a guess one of four. So, you know, Jaws is kind of blockbuster-y. Those often aren't that well-reviewed, but it's also kind of original in that blockbusterness. so maybe it's rated better than most. Um, Parasite, I remember... Winning a lot of Oscars, being fairly recent, I actually kind of assume that that's going to be fairly well-reviewed. Um, Singing in the Rain and Maltese Falcon, again, classics, but how well were they reviewed at the time? That is the question. 
And I mean, even Jaws, how well was it reviewed at the time? It's going to be, I mean, I'm going to go with either Jaws, Singing in the Rain, or Maltese Falcon. And I'm going to throw my dart and it's going to land on Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain. (laughs) What a glorious feeling for Singing in the Rain. All right, let us go over the answers here. So we were looking for the worst ranked of these films all of which appear in the top 100 uh with five points at number 100 on the list meaning it's the worst ranked film of these five it is joe coming in for three points number 80 on the list is the maltese falcon i love love peter laurie in that film wait you couldn't possibly think Oh, what do you think of me? I had never Mr. Spade. Oh, but you do. He can change emotions 15 times in the span of 10 seconds. I love him in that movie. <laughs> I've never actually seen the movie. Not as good as Casablanca, in my opinion. But still a good film. Ah, Another movie I, I haven't seen. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. We'll move on. Uh, number 59 overall on the list and worth two points in our game. Indeed, this is Paddington 2. Paddington 2. Uh, recently, the Citizen Kane, they unearthed an old review of Citizen Kane that had never been tabulated before, and it was less than glowing. So it, it took Citizen Kane out of the number one spots and into a tie with a whole bunch of other films that included Paddington 2. Oh, so the Onion released the headline. Yeah, the okay. Onion released the headline. Because technically Paddington 2 is now tied for first with Citizen Kane and all these other movies because they, they have 99% as opposed to 100 perfect percent uh, ratings in their, in their thing. So it's still, Paddington 2 a lot higher than you would think. So again, we're stuck with this are-you-going-to-get-points-or-not scenario here. And in 44th place on this list, worth one point... <gasps> What a glorious feeling indeed. You are singing in the rain. I got a point. I got a point. Indeed. And Parasite is the best ranked film on this list. Coming in for six. I enjoyed the film. I don't know if I would put it in my top ten all time, but hey. Questions, two points. I mean, you know, given past histories of this show. Yeah. I've... I, I haven't been skunked on a question yet. Of course, I say this, and I'm going to be skunked the rest of the way. I'm going to end with two, and we're all going to laugh and go home. We do let our contestants try and dig their own graves, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm good at that. Open mouth, insert foot. Let's see how it goes. Here are your final set of five items. Starting off with Angie Harmon. Following that with Anthony Anderson. And we have Jeremy Sisto, J.K. Simmons, and we're going to finish off our list with Michael Moriarty, Angie Harmon, Anthony Anderson, Jeremy Sisto, J.K. Simmons, Michael Moriarty. I know you want me to say most Academy Awards, but I'm not going to do that. That would be too easy. <laughs> no, I would not. No, I don't want to. I don't want you to say that. I, I don't know Oscar trivia. I'm okay with you not saying that. Anything else, anything else you say is going to be just as random a guess. Fair. Well, here is your quantitative question for this set of five most episodes of Law and Order. 
All right. I had a funny feeling it was going to be Law and Order only because you said Angie Harmon. And for whatever reason, I associate her with Law and Order. Of course, I don't know anything specific about what she did on Law and Order. I don't know anything about what any of these other actors did on Law and Order, given that, I mean, like I'm sure many Americans, I've seen plenty of Law and Order, like when staying in a hotel. I, it's, it's not a show that I know in and out. I'm, on one hand, I'm wondering if Angie Harmon is, like, the trick answer, because she's the one who jumped out at me as actually being on Law & Order. But then again, I said, oh, Jaws is probably the trick answer, and that was the five-pointer. Even Doyle Brunson, I think I might have psyched myself out a little bit on him because he was, you know, the longtime poker person. And yeah, okay, knowing knowing nothing else and just having a general idea that any movie and TV question I may have half a chance of getting right is because they're so obvious that it's been beaten into my head either because of... <laughs> just missing questions on it over and over again or seeing it enough that I'm slightly less oblivious. I'm just going to go Angie Harmon and walk away because I recognize the name from law and order. Fair. And generally speaking, uh, just because this is kind of a new thing going on here, just if I say most episodes of law and order, I don't think there's going to be someone who's not in law and order. Oh, <laughs> so I don't think I there's going to be. Think, I don't think you're trying to trick me. This is no, just a topic that I don't know. Like you, I, I've been on here enough. You, you know very well. I think I prefaced it before the first time I came here. That movies and TV, not exactly my world of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean you're not going to get points. We shall see. Uh, I mean, eighty percent chance you'll get points. <laughs> True. And those and are pretty 60, good odds for beat my guest. And a 60% <laughs> chance they'll get more points than I got on either question one or question two. I like Ooh, my odds. There you go. Well, let's start at the top, as we always do. Uh, yeah, uh, first, first, first episode of recording, as we always do. Okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> five-point answer. The uh, best answer on the board, the most episodes of All in Order, would be 88 episodes for Michael Moriarty. Michael Moriarty. Pretty much the Sam Waterston before Sam Waterston came in and like stayed for the next 27 years. So. <laughs> but 88 episodes for Michael Moriarty in second place and worth three points with 72 episodes. Moan Order has a very, very busy revolving door of cast members over the years. Angie Harmon, three points. Well done. Finish out our order. 64 episodes, two points. Jeremy Disto, all 50 episodes, one point. Anthony Anderson, and 45 episodes, no points. Uh, J.K. Simmons, who, of course, uh, was a psychiatrist uh, on the episodes before he went off to become a really mean music teacher and won an Academy Award. So <laughs> he was fifth place. Bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Very good. So three points added to who you had. You're coming out of round one with five points. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I didn't get skunked on any of those questions. I am really glad that I didn't overthink the law and order question. 
I'm wishing I hadn't necessarily overthought the first two, but definitely feeling good about my trajectory. Excellent. Well, we will continue on that trajectory here as we move into a brand new round. Yes, that round will be called round two, of course, because it comes after round one. Uh, so our second and final round of the regular game proper. There, there's there's going to be a final round at the end, the bonus round kind of thing. But all right, here's your second round. Uh, you have five points in round one. And you now have a chance to add to your score here with Mash My Beat. In this round, you are going to get four mashups, sometimes known as before and afters. First one will be worth one point. Second one will be worth two points. Third one, three. And the fourth one, four. So well, they may be a little tricky to figure out and potentially could get harder as we go along. But to help you out a little bit, I will tell you, that there will always be a theme to each quartet of clues in this round. So if you could figure out the theme, that might make clues a little bit easier. Of course, it might not. I mean, you know, sometimes you restrict your thinking and you can't see the forest for the trees, but who knows? We'll have to see how that works. Unlike previous versions of Beat My Guest, uh, you're only going to have a total of seven minutes to finish this round. Now, you may pass on an answer if you wish, but there's no going back. If you do, I'm going to tell you what the answer is. And do you understand the rules? Do you have any questions? Now would be a good time to ask for any clarification. I think it's pretty straightforward. I think four questions, seven minutes total for the four questions. They're all before and after style. There will be a theme to the Quartet of Clues. Maybe it helps me, maybe it won't. Either way, that won't be a question in itself, I assume. Just something right. to maybe help me figure right. out the four. Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, we're going to put seven minutes on the clock. Your time will start after I read this first clip. Christopher Reed and Christopher Martin decide to throw a bash with DJ while Danny, Joey, and Jesse are out of town. Christopher Reed and Christopher Martin decide to throw... Okay, I think I got this. Um, I think Christopher Reed and Christopher Martin were kid and play. Danny, Joey, Jesse, DJ, those are all full house. So I will go with full house party. Full house party is correct. You have your first point. Well done. <laughs> Here is question two worth two points. While traveling, Larry and Balky agree to a deal involving both killing somebody of the other's choosing. While traveling, Larry and Bulky agree to a deal involving both killing somebody of the other's choosing. Alright, I have no idea who Larry and Bulky are. Both killing somebody of the other's choosing sounds like a plot of something. Um, something that I don't recognize. Killing somebody of the other's choosing... Trying to think if I can get anywhere or if I should just pass this one. Because like I said, I don't recognize Larry or Balky. I don't, I can't think of a movie or a show where they make a deal involving letting the other person kill someone. Um, I know a decent amount about real life serial killers, but not necessarily like fictional serial killers. Just to throw something out there, and because it sounds like a movie where there might be, you know, killing involved, I'll say House of Clay Pigeons. Why not? <laughs> House of Clay Pigeons uh, is not correct. The correct answer that we were looking for here 
Perfect Strangers on a Train. Sorry about the uh, the sitcom Perfect Strangers, Hitchcock film, Strangers on a Train. Clue number three worth three points. In the Midwest, Malachi and Isaac serve up sacrifices in the name of Bud, who prefers to be called Grandmaster B, even though his sister Kelly never gets the name right. In the Midwest, Malachi and Isaac serve up sacrifices in the name of Bud, who refers to be called Grandmaster B, even though his sister Kelly never gets the name right. Okay, so we have Full House and Perfect Strangers, so I'm wondering if the theme to the quartet is, like, TGIF shows, because I know Full House was on it, and I think I have a funny inkling in my head that Perfect Strangers might have also been on it. Um, Malachi and Isaac. Mm. Family Matters, Sister, Sister. Um, hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> uh, I'm amusing myself too much just thinking back to all these ridiculous shows I watched in the 90s. Halfway, your time is halfway up. Thank you. Uh, Sister Kelly is ringing some kind of bell, and I'm not getting there. Um, Malachi and Isaac serve up sacrifices in the name of Bud. First to be called Grandmaster B. I've got nothing. Like, I think I even have the theme and it's not getting me anywhere. I think I'm just gonna, I think I'm just gonna pull the plug on this one and leave the rest of my time for Q4. Fair enough. This was Married with Children of the Corn. Married oh, with okay. Children of the Corn, Bud and Kelly, the Bundys. Children of the Corn, Malachi and Isaac. I've never actually seen Married with Children. Or Children of the Corn. Here is your final mashup worth four points. If you get it right, Time Out! This novel, written under the pseudonym Victoria Lucas, is about the mental health of its protagonist, as well as a bunch of high school kids. Time Out! This novel, written under the pseudonym Victoria Lucas, is about the mental health of its protagonist, as well as a bunch of high school kids. Uh, Victoria Lucas. I swear that I've... Victoria Lucas, I swear that I just saw something about someone using the pseudonym Victoria Lucas, although it's not really adding up in my head, because for whatever reason, the name, the only name that's coming to mind is Sylvia Plath, but I don't think she wrote The Bell Jar under a pseudonym. Maybe she did. That's the only novel of hers I can think of. And also, Mental Health with its protagonist, as well as a bunch of high school kids, like, I think of uh, I think of a bunch of kids on like, I don't know like Lord of the Flies or something, but like that doesn't. I I think I'm doing like a before and after or before and middle and after. I'm like, and that doesn't even work out right. Like my brain is putting together like this: the bell jar of flies, Lord of the Flies, and that doesn't work out at all. And of course, nothing about this is a Allison Chains album. <laughs> Something, the bell, Jar, something. You know who was great for my mental health as a high school kid? Jar Jar Binks. Because I could pretend to be Jar Jar Binks and annoy the crap out of people. And really, I'm in my element when I'm annoying the crap out of people. Because I'm not getting anywhere else. The bell, Jar of Flies. The bell, Jar of Flies? Is that what your answer was? Yes, because I, I just, I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. Well, you, you were very close. To the answer here, because indeed, you at least got half of it right there. Uh, we are talking about uh, the bell jar, but our theme was, of course, uh, sitcoms. Uh, half saved of the, by you know, the bell jar! Saved by the bell jar. 
Saved by the bell jar. I got so hung up on Victoria Lucas that I didn't think back to the theme. No! (laughs) Yeah, just like Zach, we called timeout at the start of the clue. Victoria Lucas, the pseudonym, which uh, originally the bell jar was written. High school kids, timeout is saved by the bell. Saved by the bell jar. Can't give you the points on that one, but oh, so close. Mm, But you did get one point. Yeah, yeah, I got Uh, a point. Well done. Uh, put you on six points total as we enter our final round of the game. Six points in your personal pool. Here is the catch for this season. You have not earned those points yet. You have just put those points into your personal pool. It is now time for you to try and earn those points and potentially more. Uh, with our unlucky 13... Unlucky 13, here's how it works. I am going to give you an alphabetized list of 13 items. I will then give you a category. 10 of these 13 items fit the category, but three of them are fakes, frauds, wrong answers, traps, if you will. I will ask you to select correct items from the list one at a time, and we'll find out if you're right or if you've fallen prey to a trick. Get five answers right before you select all three fakes, and you will lock in half of your points. Those will be yours. Get an additional three answers right for a total of eight correct answers before you get those three fakes, and you will have earned all of your points. At that point, you will have a decision to make. You can leave with those points that you've earned, or you can take one chance at getting the ninth correct answer, And if you are right, you will double those points. If you're wrong, you go back down to half. So you're guaranteed at that point to have the half, but you might, you know, six points, you might want to double to 12 if you get there. We'll see. If you've gotten the ninth one right, you'll then get one final decision, the biggest decision of all, where you can try and complete the list, copyright Andy Saunders, and get that 10th correct item. If you do, you will once again double those points another time. So there's a lot at stake here. However, if you're wrong with that 10th item, you will go all the way back down to zero. It's an all or nothing there at that point. Decisions, decisions will be made. Let's hope we can get there. You have any questions about this round, the rules of the game? Obviously, we're still in the early stages of the season, so uh, you might have some clarifications that you need. So please, now's the time. I think this is pretty clear to me. You're going to give me 13 things. Ten of them fit the category. Three of them don't. My mission, if I choose to accept it, is to pick the ones that fit in the category. And the further we go, the higher the stakes. There you go. So let's get this started. Six points in your pool. You will need to give me five answers that are correct to earn your first three points for the show. Here are the answers that are in your list. Again, in alphabetical order, so don't try and game theory this. We have Dinar, Florin, Guarani, Crone, Kwanzaa, Lek, Molo, Patata, Peso, Pound, Ruble, Tagalog, and Yuan. Once again, Dinar, Florin, Guarani, Crone, Kwanzaa, Lek, Molo, Patata, Peso, Pound, Ruble, Tagalog, and 
Juan. Ten of those are correct. Three are fakes. The category is current currencies. Current currencies. You now may give me your first selection. You need five to finish this stage and move on to the next. All right. There. Fortunately, there are a few that I'm pretty feeling pretty good are current currencies. There are a few that I'm like, I think they're current, but maybe not. And then there are a few that I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure these aren't. So I feel not like perfect thunder about this topic, but I feel reasonably good. Um, I will start with Dinar. Dinar is your answer. And Dinar is correct. Well done. One down, four to go. <laughs> I will go with pound. Pound is your answer. And of course, selling England by the pound, you are correct. That is two. Yeah, I've, I've, I've paid for enough entry fees in like OQL and Mimir's well things to know that pounds continue to be a going concern. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then I will go with peso. Peso is your next answer. And of course, correct. Well done. Three, four, three. Go on to your fourth one. Yuan. What are you on? Of course, Yuan is correct. Well done. That is four down one more if you get this next one right you have earned three points all right for this one i will go with ruble ruble da is correct ruble well done five da. five five, <laughs> five excellent job three points halfway all the points that you have earned in your personal prize pool of course that means it's going to get a little bit harder now because there are now only eight answers left and only five of them right three of them are still those fakes let's keep going you are you are guaranteed at this point to keep those three even if you find the three fakes now in this round before the three that you need to earn your full points but let's see if you can get number six all right the one that I feel best about that's left, so I'm going to go with it, is Lek. Lek is your answer. And Lek is... Correct! Well done! Well done! Lek is from Albania. Yeah, I don't know why that rang a bell for money, but I'm glad it did. There you go. Alright! Six are correct. Can you get seven? All right. I... Yeah, now we're getting to a couple of the ones that I'm wondering, were they replaced by the euro or not? <laughs> Which, of course, is part of the game. Um, uh, there's at least one that I'm pretty sure just flat out isn't a currency, so I'm not going to go with that. Alright, I am going... Uh, do I know that as a currency or do I know that as something else? Uh, 
I think I'm just going to go completely left field and go the it doesn't ring a bell as anything else, so maybe it's a currency and go with Molo. Molo is your answer. It's a trap! And we have hit our first trap. I am sorry, Molo is not a current currency at all. Just something that sounds like it. <laughs> well, you fooled me. Good news is, is I'm still in the game, and the fact that I've landed on one trap means there's fewer traps for me to land on. Indeed. It's one strike, uh, three strikes, you're out, though, so we have to be careful, but you are still free and clear to make your next choice. I will go with Barani. Warani is your answer. Not to be confused with Justin Guarini, who was the runner-up on the first season of American Idol. Guarani is the currency of Paraguay. Well done. That Yay. is number seven. Also not to be confused with the stuff in Red Bull. Guarana. <laughs> Here's the situation. You have gotten seven. You need one more to get your eighth and earn all six of your points. Two traps still out there. Three correct answers. Can you do this? Two traps, three correct answers. Um, I'll go with Florin. Florin is your answer. You don't sound very confident. Um, I'm not 100% sure whether that's one that's been replaced or not, but I feel reasonably good about there still being a Florin somewhere else, so... I also, you know, I get my florins and my forints confused. I know there used to be or is or something called a forint. So, yeah, I don't have thunder, but it's the one I feel best about from what's left. All right. Florin is the answer. You might have been afraid because the English stopped using that a long time ago. The Italians stopped using it a long time ago. But it is still the official currency of Aruba and Hungary. You found a correct answer. Well done. That is an 8th correct answer. Six points, all yours, and now we hit the more interesting portion of the game. Uh, there are four answers still left on the board to reset it for those of you listening who didn't write these down. We have Krona, we have Kwanzaa, we have Tata, and we have Tagalog. Those are the four answers we have left. Two of them are correct. Two of them are Traps. Here's your decision, Nicole. You can take one chance at getting a ninth correct answer. And if you're right, I will double those six points to 12. If you're wrong, go back down to three and that will be your final score. 50-50, basically, with two correct, two incorrect. So you, you can do all the math you want and figure this out. Let me know what you want to do. Do you want to walk away or do you want to keep going? I can do all the math I want. But I'm here for the people. I'm here to be entertaining. I am here to give the people what they want. And I'm sure what people want is for me to press my luck. So I'm going to go for it. All right. No whammies. No whammies. No whammies. <laughs> Are you going to select here? Okay, now, now let's now let's see if I've, you know, memorized the light pattern like Michael Larson did, you know, make sure to push my button on a good one. Otherwise, if elected, I will raise your taxes! 
I'm going to go with... <sighs> Weirdly enough, I was looking at some European Union stuff last week, and it was talking about European Union countries versus other countries in their economic community versus third countries, and trying to think of if that is going to help me at all in selecting whether whether crone is still a thing anywhere or not. Um, I'm like, again, like there are two that I feel pretty confident are, actually there are two that I feel pretty good about not being currencies. So I'm going to go with Patata. Patata. Well, Patata. It's a trap. <laughs> a currency. Oh, oh well. <laughs> you have gone down to three points. I am sorry, but it's not a zero. That's good. Let's go over the ones you could have said. Tagalog was the other trap that is a language. Language oh, I Tagalog. Felt, I'm, I was sure I was sure Tagalog was not going to be a currency. That was the one that I wrote fake next to from the beginning. Brown it's also a Girl Scout one. cookie, I believe, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's Tagalongs, and those are the only Girl Scout cookie. Okay. Yeah, Chrome See, I... was the one that I was wringing my hands on, and then Kwanzaa... Kwanzaa was honestly the other one I was pretty sure wasn't going to be a currency. Kwanzaa is actually the currency of Angola. Oh, okay. Angolan Kwanzaa. And, uh, you know, of all people to get croned, I mean, uh, all I could see there as I was reading it was the jockey Julie. <laughs> yes. Uh, which you, you were probably the only one who might be thrown by that. But, uh, yeah, uh, Denmark and uh, Faroe Islands and Greenland all still use the crona. Oh, see, I yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't thrown by it being Julie Crone's last name. I was thrown no, I by <laughs> was that taken over by the Euro or not. And that was the other one that I was waffling between saying right then was patata and crone and i decided i'd press my luck one more time and then if i had to give a tenth it was probably going to be crone well uh that would have been awesome to see but you know what you don't have a zero and that means that when this season is over we look at the leaderboard you're not going to be at zero. No Neil Poin! <laughs> I'm not... No Neil Poin! I'm not going to be at zero. And even though you chopped my score in half, I appreciate keeping my head. That didn't happen last time I was in the hot seat. True, yeah. The guillotine, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's at the shop. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate at least this time around, I don't leave with my head in a basket. So... Small mirror. There you go. Well, thank you so much for playing, Nicole. Three points is your score today. Is there anything you'd like to say or share with our audience before you leave the hot seat? Thank you so much for having me in the hot seat. And I guess at the end, if I can shout something out a little bit, if you are, if, if you're interested in getting a horse or any of your friends are, make sure to check out Off Track Thoroughbreds. I volunteer for an organization called Cantor. There are a lot of reputable retirement organizations including Cantor and others under the um thoroughbred retirement umbrella so yes if you if you love horses or want a horse of your very own consider an off-track thoroughbred because there's a lot they can do thank you so much for being here it has been a pleasure 
and we will see everybody next week for another new episode of Beat My Guest. I can't wait. Hope to see you there. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Facebook at Beat My Guest, the fans' hot seat. If you'd like to help contribute to the cause and help make more episodes possible, we ain't going to say no to that. Find us at patreon.com slash beatmyguest. And if you liked what you heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.